Welcome to the magical world of fitness witchcraft. I'm your host, Emily Flood, and I created fitness witchcraft specifically to help witches and spiritual women to become mentally and physically healthy after trauma. On this podcast, you can expect to hear things from fitness and nutrition to deity work, channeling, quantum healing, spells, collapsing the timelines, and more because you get to become the person who combines their magic with every single aspect of your life. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness with M. I am getting back to the six beliefs I needed to adopt or release in order to have success on my fitness journey. And we are getting back to number three. I had to release people pleasing. So for context, I grew up as a people pleaser, right? I you know, I have ADHD, very much late diagnosed. So rejection sensitivity dysphoria is huge for me. And if you don't know what that is, it's like you chronically think that everyone hates you. You chronically think that you're going to kind of disappoint others. And it, it is a real like neurodiversity like phenomena. Um, and so, you know, when I was growing up in school, like I was so scared of disappointing my parents. You know, I pushed myself to get A's. I was so scared of disappointing my teachers. I was always worried if people liked me and like worried that they didn't and wanting to do things to make them feel comfortable around me and wanting everyone's emotions to be good and really taking it upon myself and feeling guilty and blaming myself for when things didn't go well, right? And so this got me into a lot of trouble on my fitness journey, right? Because when I hired my first fitness coach, I wanted my coach to like me, right? You know, I was this little nothing girl on Instagram, right? I think I had like a totally normal amount of followers, right? Like 600 or something, right? Um, And I hired this, you know, fitness coach who had like 20,000 followers on Instagram. And I, you know, I was a little bit starstruck, right? And I'm saying this now, right? I've got, you know, as to date, you know, 12,000 followers on Instagram. And there's nothing special about people who have social media followings. Let me let me say that here, right? We are still all just normal people. I don't consider myself any differently. I do think that social media has allowed me to express myself more. And I do think that I have a little bit more confidence, a lot more confidence actually because of that. But I don't look down on people who don't have social media accounts because I run my business on my social media, right? And someone else can be extremely successful and extremely interesting, without having a social media following, right? It's not all the end all be all. But when I was starting with my first fitness coach, that was my first experience, like meeting someone who had a social media following. I'm making air quotes right now, right? So I was a little bit starstruck, right? And I wanted to follow the program exactly because I wanted to be his best client. I wanted him to like me. I wanted to be the best athlete he had. I was so worried about disappointing him, right? So I was perfect. (laughs) This was my first bodybuilding competition prep, right? So it was a very extreme diet. Um, I did everything that he told me to perfectly, like executed everything, never missed a workout, right? And that kind of got me into a little bit of trouble, like um, during that first reverse dieting phase, right? So I've talked about this before, but when you are in any type of dieting phase, your hunger signals get imbalanced, right? And the more extreme your diet, either through um, extreme calorie cutting. So if you cut your calories too quickly or too fast, or you're doing too much cardio, or even if you're just you know getting down to an extremely lean um, body fat percentage like you have to do for a bodybuilding competition, um, they get very imbalanced, right? So what happens is your fullness hormone leptin lowers. So nothing that you eat ever makes you feel full enough, right? And then your ghrelin hormone, your hunger hormone, which I remember that one because it's like a gremlin, your hunger hormone gets very elevated. So you're never satisfied by what you eat and 
you're always freaking starving, right? And so when you start to add food back in, your body's response is to be like, oh my gosh, we're finally getting the food that we need. Here, let's send Emily all these extra hunger signals so that way she eats more so that we can prepare for you know the future starvation in, in the future, right? Because your body you know, thinks it's in this long, you know, middle age famine, right? And you start to get a little bit of food and it's like, oh my gosh, let's store up some fat just in case this happens again. And so the hunger is insane once you start adding calories back in, in a reverse dieting process, right? So I always recommend that if anyone has never gone through a reverse diet or anyone really going through a reverse diet, that you get a coach to help you with the nutrition and with the mindset portion of things, especially because that the messed up hunger signals, they really, they really throw off your brain. Um, and so for me with that first reverse dieting process, I did not know what was going on. I felt so much shame for the amount of hunger that I had. And I had struggled with emotional eating, right? Because when you have that crazy amount of hunger and when you know, especially as a bodybuilder, when you know that you need to gain back a little bit of weight, it becomes so easy in your brain to be like, well, I need to gain a little bit of weight anyway. So I can eat a little bit more tonight. But then you get caught up in these shame and guilt spirals because then I would start to think, oh no, I fucked up my nutrition. I'm going to have to tell my coach on Monday and then he's going to be disappointed in me, et cetera, et cetera. People pleasing, right? And those shame and guilt spirals just led me to more and more emotional eating, right? Because nothing I could ever do was then good enough, right? And then I would beat myself up over and over again for each emotional eating incident because the first thing that I would think of is, oh no, what is my coach going to say? Oh no, what would people on Instagram say? Because at this point I'd started to gain a little bit of a following, right? Um, And this was the same with my second coach as well. My second coach was quite a bit more toxic. Um, I hear that he has grown a little bit as a person. So I am happy to hear that. If you went back and listened to the toxic fitness coach episode, um, I have heard some better things about him now. But at the time, my, my coach shamed me a lot, right? And you know, when I was experiencing a little bit of emotional eating my second time around, like I was a coach myself, right? So I would beat myself up and I'd be like, oh no, what are my clients going to think? Um, What would everyone think, right? Being so worried about what other people thought that I was shaming and guilting myself into staying in those same emotional eating patterns, right? Because here's the thing, guys. Emotional eating isn't a bad thing, right? We grew up, you know, oh, you fall down the stairs. (laughs) Okay, you don't fall down the stairs, but like, you know, you get hurt, you get a shot at the doctor, your mom takes you to get ice cream, right? You get good grades, maybe you go out, right? Um, we celebrate with food, right? Emotional eating is part of our culture, right? But if you are on a fitness journey, you don't want to emotionally eat all the time, right? You need to learn to cope with your emotions in another way. Um, side note, guys, I do offer emotional eating support calls. It's just 20 minutes on a call with me, and I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions so we can gain some clarity around what's going on in your life. No sales. It's a chance for me to get to know you and ask some questions and for you to get to know me. I will go ahead and drop that link in the show notes below um, for a free 20-minute call with me. Um, but in order to, to release that emotional eating, you have to stop worrying and stop shaming yourself, and you have to release that people-pleasing tendency to, again, worry about what other people would think, right? Because this coach that I had, you know, he would shame me. He would say like, oh, you emotionally ate. The scale is there to tell you that you fucked up, right? You better be weighing yourself every day. He would call me lazy. He would call me all these words. And like, I just felt 
like I was getting smaller and smaller and shrinking and trying to hide who I was and trying to hide things from my coach because I was so, so devastated at the idea of disappointing him, right? But of course, nothing I could do would ever be good enough, right? He always found something negative to say to me in a check-in. So for me, especially having that that type of coach was extremely dangerous for me and my mental health. And it really went downhill, right? So I kind of got out of that. I was in a year-long contract with him, but he had other coaches on his team. So I went to the registered dietitian on his team, but then it was still kind of the same thing. Even though she is, she is a lovely human being, my people-pleasing still kicked in, right? I wanted her to like me. I wanted to be a good client, right? And every time she would point out something new in my check-in, the voice in my head would go, oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, there's something else that you're not doing, right? And I had to eventually like learn how to see myself as intrinsically worthy and not necessarily place so much worth in what my coach was saying or what other people were saying, right? So when I left this coach, it's really only been this year that I have really been working on emotional, um, that I have been working on releasing people-pleasing, I meant. Uh, And so how I have done that It's really been connecting to myself, right? Instead of worrying so much about what other people think. And this is extremely hard for me to do. And it is a work in progress, I want to say, guys, right? Because I do run my business on social media, right? So all of those things like the algorithm and likes and metrics, they get to me. I don't like to admit that they get to me, right? But when your business relies on the Instagram algorithm and your business relies on how many people like, save, share, and comment your stuff right? It gets to you. So if you are listening and you want to comment on my stuff, I would very much appreciate it, right? Because comments help push the Instagram algorithm up, right? And algorithm has been weird lately, y'all. And so I had to learn how to connect to myself, right? And so one thing that's really helped me a lot has been the magical mindset work that, you know, I share here on the podcast and that I share with my clients in Fitness Witch Academy, right? Meditating, speaking to my guides, using different meditations, different visualizations to connect to myself, to connect to my child self, right? Shamanic journeying, um, all of that to really connect to me and what I actually want, right? Because after a lifetime of people pleasing, it's kind of hard to know what you want versus what you think other people want of you, right? And so... I've had to ask myself as I, you know, finally, you know, I'm stepping out of my shell and creating friendships after the abusive relationship that I got out of. And I have to ask myself, am I trying to talk to this person just because I want him to like me? Or am I trying to talk to this person because I actually want to be genuinely friends with him? Right. And I ask myself these questions over and over again, and it helps me, right? Am I doing this one thing because I just want them to like me? Or am I doing this because I genuinely want to, right? That Asking that question has helped myself a lot, right? Has helped me a lot. Uh, and then another way that I've been working on releasing people-pleasing is really and truly working on being myself and noticing where I don't feel safe to be myself and not allowing myself to be in those situations, right? Um, so I've been really working on being myself more at the gym and how that has like panned out for me. It's like, yes, I had to release a lot of people pleasing and worrying if people didn't like me in order to start talking to people, in order to reach out to people, in order to make friends, right? And I had to 
feel secure enough in myself to allow myself to be seen and heard as who I am, right? Instead of trying to pretend to be someone else or trying to be like more digestible for people, right? And so that has helped me a lot at the gym as I have found people who I can be myself around, right? Now, in other instances, right, there have been some, you know, friend groups that I've tried to make where I get into the friend group and I just feel this oppressive force like on my chest and I feel a lot of anxiety in my solar plexus, right? So we're talking like solar plexus, like personal power being depleted, um, some heart chakra stuff, not being able to be myself. And then my throat would always feel closed up, right? I would feel like I couldn't speak, right? And, you know, after reflecting on that a little bit and hanging out around those friend groups um, a little bit, I realized that I just felt like I couldn't be myself in those certain friend groups, right? And so a personal boundary that I have set is not trying to, not feeling like I have to say yes to every single invitation, especially with those certain groups of people, right? Because if I was deep in my people pleasing and I said yes to every little thing, well, those situations aren't good for me to be in, right? Because if I feel like I can't be myself around them, then I don't want to be in those situations, right? I want to be fully myself because I'm working on releasing people pleasing. I'm not going to go into a situation where I have to make myself smaller to make other people feel comfortable, right? And that goes along with unmasking, right? So the last couple months, I've really been doing a deep dive into ADHD and neurodivergent things. Thank you, TikTok. By the way, you should give me a follow uh, over there. I've been posting a lot more content over there because that algorithm is so much nicer than the Instagram algorithm these days. Um, And so what unmasking means is allowing myself to really be myself in person, you know, and online a little bit uh, for the first time in my life, right? And so what masking typically looks like for me is, you know, I'll I'll be quiet, right? If I feel like I can't speak, I'll, you know, kind of lose all personality, right? And I'll just stay quiet. And I feel like I've been masked most of my life because of people pleasing. It was the people pleasing mask that I was wearing, right? Being scared to say something, being scared to say the wrong thing, right? Being scared to dance the wrong way in college at parties, right? Being scared to wear the wrong thing, being scared of being judged, right? And so one of the things that I'm doing with unmasking is allowing myself to do what I want right? So, you know, when I'm at the gym and there's just a fire song on, I will let myself dance a little bit, right? I'll let myself, you know, fist bump, right? Just because I'm not on a dance floor doesn't mean that I can't enjoy myself, right? Because other people do that as well. So why can't I, right? Why would I feel like people judge me, right? I get in my head about that a lot. And so unmasking is also involved, you know, being able to say the random things that pop into my head, right? Because as someone with ADHD, I get a lot of random thoughts and I get a lot of random ideas. And I also have a lot of like uh, hyperfixation hobbies and such. This podcast is a great example of one, right? If you ever meet me in person, we can chat about witchy mindset psychology for hours and I will be extremely happy, right? We can talk about nutrition for hours because I'm a nutrition coach, right? We can talk about macro-friendly recipes. We can talk about building glutes. We can talk about bodybuilding. We can talk about powerlifting because those are all my special interests and my hyper-focuses, right? We could talk about France for hours, right? There's so many little random topics, but for so long in my life, I was told like to shut up about certain topics. I was told by a friend in high school to shut up about France. And so I started to mask, right? I started to believe that people didn't actually want to hear 
what I had to say. So part of my task of unmasking is allowing myself to to talk about the things that I enjoy, right? Because I mean, this podcast is a great example. I very deeply appreciate every single person who leaves a review because every so often a thought creeps into my head of, well, oh, well, they probably don't even care what I have to say here. And that is that little people-pleasing voice trying to come back in my head. And so it really does help me a lot when we, when I get reviews, right? And that's part of the reason why I'm thinking of possibly starting a Patreon. I've had one person reach out to me about it. I would like a couple more, mostly just so that I can connect with you guys, right? It's like, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm just talking to, you know, empty space, right? And I would love to connect with listeners a little bit more to, to get to know you guys and build some community, right? Because, uh, you know, in Instagram and like coaching land and everything, it's like, I do need to talk about fitness more and more. And I can't necessarily just, you know, go on and on about um, witchy mindset work and spicy psychology and all of that on my Instagram page specifically, because I have to run a business, right? And so I would love to connect with listeners a little bit more. All right. So one of the tools specifically that has helped me a lot with unmasking, releasing people pleasing and connecting to myself is something that I teach my clients in Fitness Witch Academy. It is one of the lessons that we go over in week seven and eight of the course. And it's something called the black book, right? Um, It doesn't have to be black. I accidentally, I bought a black journal and a pink journal and just on default started using the black one as my actual journal. So I started using the pink one as my quote unquote black book, right? And there's a little ritual that you can do beforehand, right? I um, I called in my my deities and blessed the book and I rubbed the book in rose oil for self-love and I consecrated the pen that I use. And so it's a special notebook and a special pen and I only use it for this one thing, but it is a really cool mindset activity to do, right? So even if you don't want to do all the witchy shit that I just said, right, which remember, you are activating the right side of your brain when you're doing this. You're activating that intuitive, that ritualistic side of your brain. Because when you are working on changing your beliefs, changing your habits, changing how you view yourself, especially when it comes to things like people-pleasing and unmasking, you can get more ritual on board. The more ritualistic, the more magical you can make it, the more of an effect it will have on your brain. Because the more that you believe, it will work, right? So what you do in this journal you basically pretend things have already happened, right? So it's kind of like manifesting. So you write journal entries as if they've already happened, but for events that you want to happen in the future, right? Because it gets you really imagining how you would think and feel and what you would do in those situations, right? So I write a lot about business and there and everything. And here's a pretty like innocuous entry that I wrote the other week. I wrote, Dear Diary, last night was Dungeons and Dragons, and it was such an epic session. I got to role play with my character a lot, my friends poked fun at me, and I bantered right back. It feels good to stand in my power instead of shrinking. We cracked so many jokes and spent so much time laughing. I'm so grateful to be able to spend time with friends like this once a week consistently. I stayed a little late to talk to a friend, and we had such good conversations about burnout, and we flipped around between topics. He told me he's grateful to be able to talk to me like this because I have such an interesting perspective. He also asked if I wanted to go out with our friend group Friday night. We're going to Rainy Street, apparently. There will be some new people who I'm excited to meet. Seeing my closest friends multiple times a week, a dream. I feel so at home with these friends and like I can be myself with them. I feel seen and loved as myself, and I love the conversations and jokes we have. 
So while this was a very vulnerable entry, right, this is basically me describing releasing people pleasing, right? And describing my desire to have a Dungeons and Dragons friend group, right? That's been a game. I have played it once or twice before in the past, but I absolutely love it. Uh, but you need a group and it's hard to find a group to play with because you got to get the times right and everything. And so this is me trying to magically manifest a Dungeons and Dragons group, right? And imagining how I would act, um, what would happen, imagining friends inviting me places, right? And that helps get my brain on board to believe that it's actually possible for me, right? Because one of the things that has come up for me especially over Thanksgiving, it was, it was a hard holiday for me. One of the things that came up was like feeling like was really realizing how many poor friendships that I've had in my life, you know, could be due to being late diagnosed with ADHD, being a late diagnosed neurodivergent, or it could possibly be because I have been a people pleaser my whole life. Right. So I'm finally starting to learn like who I am. Right. And so the point with the black book with these journal entries is that you get to play around with different possibilities for your future right so you know when i was writing about business one of the things that came up you know i was like talking about hitting a specific like business goal and getting new clients and everything um and i started writing about time blocking and one of the things that like was like a little light bulb realization was like oh future me would definitely use time blocking and so then it was like, okay, well, if I want to become future me, then I need to time block, right? Um, and so it kind of helps you to step into those shoes of your future self, um, of the you who has reached their goals, of the you who has you know, released people pleasing, and you can see how they would act, right? It helps you to step into, into those shoes. So that is something that I talk more about in my course, Fitness Witch Academy, which I did want to mention in here because I did do a Black Friday sale on it, but since I didn't podcast in the last few weeks, I feel feel a little bad that I didn't get to let you guys know specifically about it because you guys are my witchy mindset people, right? And I didn't podcast, so you weren't able to know about the sale, but I did $1,000 off actually on my witchy mindset course, Fitness Witch Academy. And so I want to do a podcasters only special deal. So now through Christmas, if you still want to take advantage of this Black Friday deal, that's $1,000 off, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram or just straight up sign up for a call to chat with me about it. And if you tell me that the podcast, you know, told you about this, then I will continue to grant you the $1,000 off, right? So you can learn more about it. I'll link it in the show notes below, and then we can hop on a call if you want to meet me and chat with me about it and explore what the course is and what it could help you with as well. But right now, as far as people-pleasing goes, I have actually hired my first-ever fitness coach in in a few months, right? So my ex was kind of a fitness coach for me, so I have felt very resistant to hiring another fitness coach because I know me and I know my people-pleasing behaviors, right? And I know that it's not good for me to slip into those people-pleasing tendencies, right? So I actually hired one of my friends at the gym to write a powerlifting program for me. And so one of the things that has helped me a lot is having really frank discussions with him around people pleasing, right? And how in the past, you know, I've, you know, placed my worth on like how I do for my coach and everything. And so just being open and vulnerable with him um, has helped a lot because I know that if I miss a day on my workout program that he has written for me, that he's not going to hate me, right? That I'm not going to disappoint him, right? 
Um, And so that has helped me so much trust myself and trust him enough to hire him and to trust him to write a program for me. So I would recommend like if you have a coach or if you're looking to hire a coach, having those types of conversations with them, because if you are able to be open and vulnerable with them on something like a sales call and they make you feel not so great about people pleasing and about your tendencies, right? Well, then, you know, that's a red flag and that they are not the coach for you right? So I get this a lot with my own fitness clients, right? They'll tell me like, oh, I'm the worst client. I'm disappointing you, et cetera, et cetera. And I always reassure them, right? You are not disappointing me at all. If you you know, miss a workout, or if you're off on your nutrition on a week or two weeks or even a month, right? Because your fitness journey is really about you. It's about you and your goals, right? And the main thing is that I don't want you disappointing yourself, right? And So what I like to tell clients is, you know, one, you know, dig into what your goals are, how you want to feel, right? And releasing any shame or guilt that pops up around what you should or shouldn't be doing. Another thing that helps a lot is not externalizing your results, right? So I'm always very careful with clients to say like, you should be proud of yourself, right? Instead of me saying, I'm so proud of you, right? Because for me as a straight A kid, as an overachiever, as a people pleaser, I lived for when people said, I'm proud of you, right? But this way, when I put it back on you, when I say you should be proud of yourself, you start to give yourself internal validation, right? And that is what will make you so much more successful on a fitness journey. And that is what will help you release so much more people-pleasing when you can feel internally validated, right? Because when you are on a fitness journey, yes, I will give you the strategy. I will give you the macros. I will help you figure out your nutrition. I will teach you everything that you need to know. I will write a workout plan for you, but you are ultimately the one who has to take action and implement it for yourself, right? You have to get up every day and do the work, right? So you are getting yourself results, right? There are so many people out there who spend hundreds and thousands on coaches and never do the work, right? And so your results are your own in any program that you have, right? So as I mentioned, releasing people-pleasing, it's not just going to be a one-off thing, right? I am still working on releasing people-pleasing, but I have released enough of it to where I have released people-pleasing around thinking what I should and shouldn't be eating. I have my own definitions, and I'm very secure in my beliefs around food and flexible dieting and macro tracking, I'm finally able to really set my foot down in my own authority and be like, yes, you can eat desserts. You can eat cauliflower oatmeal if you want, right? Maybe not the best thing to eat year round, but I am no longer going to hide or shrink or feel ashamed for that, right? And so that has helped me a lot as well as releasing the shame and like guilt around emotional eating and needing to please a coach, right? And releasing people-pleasing behaviors around the gym as well. And a lot of this, sometimes it does kind of creep back in, right? Because if you've been a people-pleaser your whole life, like me, it's not going to take a month. It's not going to even you know take a year. This will be a work in progress over and over again. And this is why I say mindset work is never done, right? I am always doing mindset work. I am on, I'm always like reflecting on the thoughts that I have. And I am always trying to reflect and refine and show up 1% better for myself and my clients every single day. All right, guys, 
get out there, do some strong girl shit, lift some weights. Oh, uh, by the way, actually, um, I have a little uh, 12 Days of Christmas mini mindset challenge coming up. It's going to be December 12th through 23rd, and it's going to be max 30 minutes a day. You're going to get a motivational voice message from me every single morning, and there will be a daily prompt. And basically, the whole premise of this challenge is to help you build self-assurance between Thanksgiving and New Year's, right? Because a lot of people just chalk this Thanksgiving and New Year's interim period is just like a loss on all of their goals, right? You're just in a holding pattern. There's Christmas cookies. You feel bad. You feel like it's not time to start a fitness journey, etc. And so with this challenge, you're going to help build up your self-assurance by completing those small daily tasks, right? Just like with ADHDers, we get dopamine from checking off a task on our task list, right? So each of these days, there will be max 30 minutes, right? Um, It'll be like a mindset prompt, right? And the mindset voice message, and then a small little daily activity prompt that will not involve the gym or any gym equipment at all, right? So if you are traveling, if you are visiting family, if you don't wanna track your nutrition at all, that is A-okay, right? Because the premise of this challenge is to have small daily tasks and small daily mindset prompts to help you feel more self-assured. So the theme of the 12 days is going to be the 12 essential you know, things that you need to embody, the 12 essential qualities that you need to embody to be successful on a fitness journey, right? And it is $27 and it's December 12th through 23rd. And I will go ahead and link that in the show notes below as well. But it'll be a fun way to get to know me a little bit more and get to know my coaching style and my programs. But as I was saying, go ahead, get out there, guys, do some strong girl shit, lift some weights, and remember how powerful and how magical you already are. Thanks for listening to another episode of Witchy Wellness with M. I'm on a mission to change the game with health and fitness coaching through adding in all of this mindset work you hear on the podcast. So if you love the show, please help me out by leaving a review. Remember, mindset alone won't get you to your goals, but when you combine it with action and strategy, you're limitless. 